Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hope you're well. Let me invite you, if you would, to take your Bible and find the Gospel of Luke. We were there last week. We're going to be there again this morning. Luke chapter 1. It's uh, right before chapter 2. You got that, Dwayne? Making sure. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, for the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. That is, John the Baptist leaped in the womb of Mary. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greetings reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the, what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. <clears throat> this morning I want to give you some really good news. And that is somebody in this room is pregnant. Somebody in this room is pregnant. Not you. <laughs> Harry just put his arms around Connie. I'm not sure what that means. Not them. Not them. Not this one. I'm here to tell you that if you're trusting in Jesus Christ, you're pregnant with Jesus. Yeah. Harry just now got it. He's just a little slow. It's all right. You've been that way since I've known you. It's all right. Pulling for Tennessee will do that to you. <laughs> this same story that we just read is your story. If you've said yes to Jesus, and Jesus is inside you, Paul says in Galatians 4.19, I'm, I'm praying, I'm laboring, I'm working 
until Jesus is formed within you, until the Christ is formed within you. Now, Jesus is fully formed in us. All the DNA of Jesus is in us. And John, it says, John goes on and says, he's quoting Jesus. Jesus says, now, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and I am in you, and you are in me. It says in Colossians that we have the fullness of the deity in, in Christ, in his body. He, he possessed all the fullness of the deity, and then he says, and we possess Christ. So we possess the fullness of who Jesus is within us. When you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came over you and overshadowed you and, and made a deposit of God in your life. That's just amazing that we sinful human beings. I sinned this week. Have you sinned this week? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we sinful human beings are allowed to carry the person of Jesus Christ. This is what Mary was pondering in her heart. She's, she's going, what? I, I don't understand. I, I'm going to do what? And Daniel said, you, you're going to carry God. You're going to carry. And you're going to give birth to God Almighty himself. The Bible says that the, that the, the most high will be called the son of the most high. That Hebrew name is El Elyon. God most high. El, God, Yon, most high. The most high God. That's who you're carrying. You're not, only, you're not only sons and daughters of the most high God, which you are, but you're carrying the son of God, the one and only son of God within you. And every day, every day, Every day, we have the opportunity to give birth to Jesus, to someone that we're with. Every day, we get to birth Jesus in someone's presence. Cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, just give a cup of cold water in my name. You, you're going to be blessed. That story will be told forever and ever and ever. Just giving a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus is a powerful thing. You know, we, we oftentimes think, think that preaching the sermon or going and being a missionary and these things are the most important things and Christians do that. They're the most important Christians. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, if you give a cup of cold water. He also said, if you take care of these, my little ones, children. If you work in children's church, right? If you work with children in the ministry, if you take care of the nursery, you, you're doing an amazing thing. Being a missionary, being a nursery worker, they're the same thing in God's eyes. Being trained in seminary, like I am, or not being trained in seminary, is the same thing in God's eyes. There's no difference. Being male or female, there's no difference. That's what Paul said. Being Greek or Jew, there's no difference. It's that cup of cold water. We birth Jesus every day. Or, or we don't. It's our choice. And so I've been pondering this. What, it, what was it about Mary? And what was it about Mary that can translate to us today in 2018, almost 2019? What can we find? Just a couple of things. First, we see that she was highly favored. 
I want you to know that if Christ is in you, you are highly favored too. Why would God look at Mary and say, my son's in you and you're highly favored, and then look at you and say, you're just a dog, even though you got Jesus inside of you? Would God do that? He's going to look at you the same way he looked at Mary and said, you're carrying my son, so you're highly favored. So that's the first thing. The seven things here. The second thing is, the scripture says, and the Lord is with you. Not only are you highly favored, but the Lord is with you. He's going to be beside you. He's going to walk through this with you wherever you go. Now, why would God say that to Mary and not say it to you? You're carrying Jesus, right? Anybody that carries Jesus, God's going to say you're highly favored because you got my son living within you. And I love my son. And not only that, I'm going to be with you because you're carrying my son. It's like, it's like God the Father comes along and says, I'm, I'm going to be the midwife here. And I'm going to make sure you are okay and that you take care of my son who's inside of you. I'll make sure that you're well fed and, and, and taken care of and all those things you need so that my son can be birthing you. And I'm going to be there for the birthing process. As a matter of fact, I'm going to help birth Jesus through you. That's what it's saying. In the morning, when you meet that person that God wants you to reveal Jesus to, the father's there as the midwife saying, we can do this. We can do this. And people just beg you to tell them about Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. The Father burst that in. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you. The third thing. You will be with child, he told you. You're going to be with child. Now, Jesus is not a child. Right? He came as a child so that he could take on flesh so that he could live a life in the flesh and yet not sin. He had to do that. You understand that was important. That's part of the gospel. He took on flesh. It's called the incarnation. He incarnated himself. He took on flesh so that he could have the same experience as we do and not sin so that he could please his father. So Jesus is not a child now. He's in heaven. He was a child in the flesh. But Jesus has never been a child like we've been a child. Does that make sense? Emotionally. Jesus has always been God, always will be God, and is God today. He's always been God. So you'll be a child. The fourth thing is, and you're to give him the name Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus, Messiah, Savior. You're to give him the name Jesus. It also goes on and says you shall call his name what? Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means what? God with us. Absolutely. It's important to name who you're carrying. Now, I know, I know moms and dads, they, you know, she's pregnant and they're trying to think of a name and they get the name book down and they start looking up names and they come up with some creative name like, like Moon Zappa. You know, that's, that's pretty creative, isn't it? Right? And, and they, they try to come up with a name. And, and then when the child is born, they had this name picked out. And when the child is born, they look at it and say, well, that's, that's not a Bob, that's a Bill. And they, and they change the name, right? Any of you do that after your child was born and you looked at it and you're like, that's not what we really picked out? Okay. None of y'all. Great. All right. <laughs> Good insight. We need to name who is inside of us. You know how we do that? 
we name the Jesus inside of us by singing songs like we did. That's one way we do it. When we sing the name of Jesus, we're saying Jesus is in me. But we also name the person of Jesus in us when we tell somebody else about Jesus. It says in Philemon, chapter 1, verse 6, there's only one chapter, verse 6, it says, Paul is, is telling his friend, he's saying, you can only really know the fullness of Jesus Christ when you share the story in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll never know the fullness of who Jesus is until you're telling his story to other people. Now, why is that? Why is it? Why is it that we can't know more about Jesus until we're telling other people about Jesus? I'll tell you why. Because when you start telling someone about Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes on you and reveals things to you to tell somebody else that you didn't know to begin with. It is true. And it's powerful. It's amazing. And if you've not had that experience, it's probably because you haven't told anybody about Jesus. Let's just be honest. And if you have told somebody about Jesus, you've walked away from it going, I don't really know what I said, but man, that was good. I'd like to do that again. The only way you can know more about Jesus is to tell people about Jesus. You can come here every morning, every Sunday morning, and I hope you do, and learn about it from the Bible. And that's, that's so important. That's the beginning point. But until you tell people, this is Jesus inside of me, you're not going to know more about him that he wants you to know about him. It's in the telling. Fifth thing. It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so it tells us in, in Acts chapter 2, the disciples were praying. They were in the upper rooms, 120 of them. They had the door locked. They were afraid for their lives. And the Holy Spirit came on them. Peter got, got up and preached. And, and people started getting filled with the Spirit, slaying the Spirit, talking in the Spirit, doing spiritual things, healings, and all. Just it, the Holy Spirit came on everybody. The day of Pentecost, we call it. And the whole book of Acts is really the book of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. And the Holy Spirit will come upon them. I'm here to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit has come upon all of you if you trusted in Jesus. You didn't get a happy meal portion of the Holy Spirit when you invited all of Jesus to come into your life. Now, there are feelings, there's fullness. Paul goes on to say, continually be filled with the Spirit. That means continually ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life. That's what, that's what it means. Holy Spirit... I'm going to work today. <clears throat> I'm going to be on Highway 24. I really need you to fill me with the Spirit. <laughs> right? I'm going to work. I'm going to be working beside somebody I really don't like. Holy Spirit, I need you to come upon me, to overshadow me, and, and fill me with wisdom and knowledge and revelation and understanding. You know, when you ask the Holy Spirit that, it's amazing. Someone at work and come up to you and ask you a question and you had yesterday you had no idea how to answer that question and they ask you the question and all of a sudden something pops in your brain it's the word of revelation or word of wisdom or word of knowledge it pops in your brain so have you have you thought about this and they go i never thought about that that's the holy spirit he likes doing that he even likes giving you practical things to do if you've ever worked on a car which i have and i know you have you need the Holy Spirit. Right? <laughs> you want the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> because you're going to bust a knuckle if you don't. How do I get this off? How do I make this work? Holy Spirit, come on me and, and, and give me a better way. Show me how to do this. And I've seen it before. The Holy Spirit said, well, Jim, if you'll do this, it'll work. Nice job. That's the Holy Spirit. So, well, Jim, how do you know that? How do you think they built the tabernacle and the temple? Read it. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came on them and gave them wisdom on how to build a thing. How many cubits, tall, wide, so forth, what to build it with. Holy Spirit loves giving practical advice. Don't miss that. If you're at work and, you, and you've run into something you can't figure out, just stop for a second. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to solve this problem. Will you help me? Teenagers, if you don't know how to deal with your parents, just stop and say, okay, I'm wrong. Parents are right. <laughs> that would totally be the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. Am I right? Yes, Come on now. Work with me here. Come on. <clears throat> Teenagers, teenagers, Pat responds to anything parental is, my parents are stupid. Right. Isn't that right? That's what you say inside, right, teenagers? No. <laughs> Good word, Taylor. Good word. Good try, buddy. <laughs> we, we bump into those things every day, don't we? Just stop and ask the Holy Spirit. Sixth thing. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I want you to know you're under the shadow of his wing. All the time. Jesus said, I wish I could gather you like a, like a hen gathers the chickens under the wing. I just wish I could gather all of you under here. Under the shadow of my wing. That's a great place to be. If you've ever seen chickens in a rainstorm and the, and the mama hen gathers the chickens she spreads her wings out over them to protect them from the rain it's a beautiful thing you'll be overshadowed you're in the shadow of his wing thank you Jesus for that and then the seventh thing we see Mary's response and that's what I want to get to this morning for you her response is may it be to me as you have said uh, that Greek word is genoito, genoito, G-E-N-O-I-T-O, genoito. And it's a word that it's kind of hard to put into words, but it means I desire for this to happen. She longed for this to happen. It would be like, you're so thirsty, I desire a drink of water. I've, I've got to have some water. That's a better way of saying it. She really, really wanted this to happen in her life. Here she was, 14 maybe, 16. She was probably a teenager, best guess. And she was saying, yes, I want this. Yes, I want this. Yes, I want this. How, how many of us really want Jesus in our life? And how many of us really want to give birth to Jesus? How many of us are really desiring that in our life like she did? Right? She really wanted Jesus to be birthed in her life. And so here's a couple things, four things that I think we can take from Mary's story and apply in her own life. First thing, in, it says she accepted the gift. Okay, I, I accept this. I accept this. And when we give our life to Jesus, we are accepting Jesus. And we have to accept it. You know, last week we had Christmas and 
And some of you were given gifts, hopefully. Hopefully you were on the nice list and not the naughty list. Right. And somebody gave you a gift, and when you reached out and took it, you accepted the gift, right? How many of you, on Christmas morning, when somebody handed you a gift, said, no, I don't want that. I don't like that wrapping paper. I don't like that bow. It's not big enough. Right? Or small enough. Did anybody reject their gift that was given to them when somebody handed it to them? Hmm. You reached out and took it, didn't you? And you were excited about opening it and seeing what it was. Well, here's the thing. The gift is Jesus. And we need to accept it so much that all we want to do is study about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Read about Jesus. Sing about Jesus. Love on Jesus. Find out more and more about Jesus. You know, when I met Debbie, August the 2nd, 1974, at a Kung Fu for Christ revival service, back in the day everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Oh, yeah. Don't mess with me. When I met her that day, and God spoke to me and said, that's who you're going to marry, first thing I said was, dude, you <laughs> rock. I wanted to find out everything I could about Debbie. There was no man in the church that sat down with me and mentored me and said, now, Jim, if you're going to be a good husband, let me go over the five things you need to do. Nobody had to sit down and tell me, here are five things you need to do to win this woman's heart and be a good husband and so forth and so on. I just wanted to know everything I could about her. I was, that's all I wanted to do. It was Debbie this, Debbie that. I would be down at my buddy's house. And Debbie would call. And I'd say, Mom would holler down the backyard. Debbie's on the phone. I'd leave my buddies. They'd be so mad at me. We'd be right in the middle of wrestling on the trampoline or something. And Man, I was there. I just wanted to find out what she was doing. How was your day? What's going on? You know, when we fall madly in love with someone, we want to know everything there is about them. We want to know how to please them. We want to know how to surprise them, how to make them laugh, how, how to make them happy, how to make them feel at peace and at rest. We, we want to know those things. When we accept Jesus, it should be no different. It should be no different. Second thing. The second thing that Mary did was she went and told somebody about the gift. I've got to go tell Elizabeth. I've got to go tell Elizabeth. I've got to go tell Elizabeth, her kinfolk. I've got to tell somebody about what's going on in my life. And she went to the hill country, several miles away. Didn't know exactly where it was. It's not specified, but, but she went. And she said, Elizabeth, I just got to tell you what happened. And here's the amazing thing about telling somebody about Jesus is Jesus has already gone in front of you. John the Baptist was jumping up and down doing somersaults inside Mary's womb. Now, you women have felt that before. Have you not? Have you not had one of your children stick their heel up under your rib and push for days? Right? Am I telling the truth, ladies? And I've not been pregnant, but I've heard stories. Okay. <laughs> Through the ribs. 
right? I mean, all the way up to the pancreas, you know, all the way up to the earlobe, right? You can feel that. Baby John the Baptist was excited. The presence of Jesus had gone before him. He, he's, John the Baptist is going, this, this is Messiah. He's inside the womb. He's six months old, inside the womb. Right? He's all excited. Mary had to tell somebody about Jesus. When Andrew met Jesus, the Bible says, and Andrew went and found his brother. Andrew told his brother, have you told yours? Told him of the sins a Savior came to cure. You heard that song before? It's good because it's a long, long time ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm about to finish. Hang in there. Mary needed to tell somebody about the gift. We need to tell somebody about the gift. We need to tell somebody about the gift, Jesus. The third thing is, she actually believed that the gift was real. She really believed that the gift was real and that God would accomplish what he said. Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you were carried on until completion, until the day of Jesus, exactly. Mary said, I believe he's going to finish his work in my life. I will give birth to Jesus. And we have to believe that we too will give birth to Jesus every day. We must wake up every day saying, Jesus, I want to give birth to you in this world today to somebody that needs to hear you. We should wake up every day. Being a missionary in our mission field every day. Believing that Jesus wants to be birthed in us and that we want him to be birthed in us that day for somebody. So that, so that some other John the Baptist can leap for joy. Some other unborn person can be born again. And then the, the fourth thing and the last thing. Mary gave thanks for the gift. Look at her song. Verse 46, chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. That should be our testimony. Right? 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 Hasn't the mighty one done great things for you? Come on now. Right? He saved you from eternity in hell. That, that's a mighty thing. After that, it just... The mighty one has done great things for you. We should rejoice. Holy is his name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen? His mercy extends to those who fear him. Mercy triumphs over what? What does the scripture say? Mercy triumphs over? Starts with a J. Judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Right? His mercy are new every morning. Right? His mercy extends to those who worship him. From generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And he has brought down rulers from their thrones. But it's lifted up the humble. The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will crush you further. What? Isn't that what we believe? What does the scripture say? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. He has filled the hungry with good things. But has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. She gave thanks for the gift within. We give thanks in a lot of ways. We, we give thanks by singing songs of thanks. We give thanks by saying out loud, thank you, Jesus. That's a great prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Just such a great prayer. And you can say that all day and all, long, all day and all night. Thank you, Jesus. We give thanks by bringing offering to the Lord, saying thank you for all you've done for me. I give something back to you. It's a beautiful thing. We give thanks by sharing Jesus with someone else. That's one of the greatest thank yous you can give somebody, is to share Jesus with somebody. So many ways to give thanks. You give thanks by giving that cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus gave you a cup of cold water at some point. Did he not? Because salvation, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give thanks to Jesus by taking communion, which we're going to do in just a second. We give thanks. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. So here's the question. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ? And in him alone for your salvation. Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you accepted him? If not, you can today. The service is over. You come up here and talk to me. I'll be glad to talk to you about what it means to invite Jesus into your heart. Have you told somebody about Jesus this week? Will you tell somebody about Jesus in 2019? Will you do that? Let's pray.